For the past few months, we have concentrated on a compendium of Jesus' teaching found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, known as the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' words are directed to his disciples with primary emphasis on what it means to live according to the will of God or within God's kingdom and to make the right kind of choices that builds relationship with God and with others, what Jesus refers to as righteousness. We are challenged by Jesus' teaching because we're inclined to think, what is, what is my right? What is in my interest? What can I get out of a given situation? Jesus inserts God into the equation and invites us to consider our choices in light of God's will. What might be in God's interest? What might God want for me and those involved? And what might God want from me? Because we find Jesus' words challenging, we have called this series, The Call to Be a Courageous Christian. The great Christian martyr, German pastor, and scholar Dietrich Bonhoeffer, whose book, The Cost of Discipleship, is a classic work on the Sermon on the Mount, said this, Being a Christian is less about cautiously avoiding sin than about courageously and actively doing God's will. Bonhoeffer's statement mirrors how Jesus concludes his teaching. In classic Hebrew wisdom style, Jesus tells a parable of two builders, one wise, the other foolish. Jesus relates their construction choices with that of his listeners. Let's give our attention to the closing verses from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29, as read for us by Pat Cuneo. Hear these words of Jesus about how we might respond to his teaching. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise person who built their house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish person who built their house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. The Word of God. Thanks be to God. The typical approach to reading the Sermon on the Mount is to think it is about us. In doing so, we're liable to admire it as lofty idealism, or to find it too difficult to follow, or not even worth the effort. But the proper approach to reading the Sermon on the Mount is to recognize it is about Jesus. The one who introduces the kingdom of heaven focused on a new relationship with God that far transcends mere keeping of rules. The one whose teaching went beyond the idea of literal obedience to a deeper grasp of 
the essentials related to the will of God and principles of conduct and of relationship that lie behind the regulations of Mosaic law. The word that best describes Matthew's theological perspective throughout his entire gospel is fulfillment. In oft-repeated phrases, this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. And the progression of Matthew's narrative reveals Jesus as Israel's Messiah, which is met with some belief and a lot of unbelief. Biblical scholar R.J. Banks says this theme of fulfillment is the way to understand Jesus' relationship to the law. He states, it's not so much Jesus' stance toward the law that Matthew is concerned to depict. It is how the law stands in regard to him as the one who brings it to fulfillment and to whom all attention must now be directed. You see, the law pointed forward to Jesus and finds its goal in him. So from now on, the law must be understood and applied only in relation to Jesus. Fulfillment of the law is not a new version of it, but a new relationship with God, which Jesus has come to achieve. A month ago, I received an email from Pete's Coffee indicating my anniversary as a reward member entitled me to a drink or treat of my choice. So that afternoon, I went up to the cashier and told her I had come for my complimentary drink. She asked to see the app on my phone. I told her I didn't have one, but I get notifications through email. She said no problem and gave me a card to scan so I could download the app. When I did, all that popped up was a QR code, something that looks similar to this. I looked for some other dropdown or setting on the app that might have the message that I had received via email, but there was none. And rather than ask for help, I left thinking I might need to sync my phone and computer back at the office. But once I got there, I realized I didn't have any way to do that. So I proceeded to print the hard copy of the email and I took it back to the store to show the cashier. She said, uh-huh, may I see the app on your phone? I told her there was nothing there to indicate that I was entitled to a complimentary drink or treat. And she had to explain to me that the QR code contained all the information. All I needed to do was allow the store to scan my code and the transaction would be complete free of charge. I wanted to rely on the printed word that confirmed what was promised me, not some app that I couldn't read. I think the key to responding to Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount is to see Jesus as our QR code. The choices we make and what we do matters, but good works on our part are never the means of our salvation or the way to enter God's kingdom. We are offered a new relationship with God as a gift through faith in Jesus. Then having received this grace, our desire is to do what Jesus teaches, which results in good works 
that brings glory to God. Those who hear the gospel and profess faith will obey him and express their faith through their works. They readily accept Jesus' call to serve God and others rather than themselves. When we yield our lives in total surrender to God through Jesus the Messiah, our conduct begins to reflect God's character, which is less about rules and law and more about being whole and complete, the way God is whole and complete. You might say Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is an app for courage. It lays upon us the serious responsibility of ensuring that what we know and believe and what we say is translated into what we do. Jesus calls us to be brave, to live not according to a string of ethical rules, but a set of values and doing what is right in relationship to God and others. This is the converse of human nature and the way of our world. As John Stott summarizes, the challenge of Jesus' teaching is that our righteousness is to be deeper because it reaches the level of our hearts, and our love is to be broader because it embraces even our enemies. I think we who make up the American church have diminished the element of courage when it comes to responding to Jesus. Rather than act According to faith, we, our belief system is developed according to fear. And rather than consider Jesus' words as challenging us to do the right thing, even when it is scary and hard, we're selective in what we hear and what we do. And yet Jesus is the model of courage. With authority, he fearlessly spoke the truth. He loved consistently and selflessly. When confronted with difficult questions, he challenged the thinking of his questioners. When arrested and mocked, he did not retaliate. When struck down, he took the pain. When a cross was laid on his back, he bore its weight and its suffering. And when his enemies nailed him to the cross as an act of execution, he prayed for their forgiveness. In his book, Just Courage, the founder of International Justice Mission, Gary Haugen challenges us when faced with the decision to act, to ask ourselves this question, am I being brave or am I being safe? Doing God's will in a fallen world of lies and self-interest is inherently dangerous because it almost always involves telling the truth and loving needy people. Serving and loving needing people can often be messy, uncomfortable, and unsafe. Biblical scholar N.T. Wright says, the Sermon on the Mount isn't just about how to behave, it's about discovering the living God in the loving and dying Jesus, and learning to reflect that love ourselves into the world that needs it so badly. The question we must ask ourselves is, do I reflect my faith and trust in God by being safe or by learning to be brave? May ours be the conviction of the one who said, 
I'd rather die in the will of God than live outside it. Amen.